Welcome to the Sidious Mag Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Chavez. The Sidious Mag Podcast is presented by Garmin. This is a sponsor and product that I use daily. Garmin has released its latest round of Forerunner GPS running watches, and there's plenty to be excited about. The newest watches include the Forerunner 255, 255 Music, 255S, 255S Music, Forerunner 955, and Forerunner 955 Solar. The Forerunner 255 family is the upgrade from the super popular 245. It's got all of your favorite functions from the previous edition and more battery life, Garmin Pay, and some cool features including a multi-band GPS, race day widget, and a morning report. So let's start with the multi-band GPS. This means that there's two signals from satellites coming down onto your watch to improve the GPS tracking so that your runs are more accurate with measuring the distance run and the pace that you're going at. The map also looks super clean once it shows up on Strava and Garmin Connect, so it shows that you're on the sidewalk and not in the middle of the ocean on those waterfront runs in the middle of the summer. The race day widget connects with the Garmin Connect mobile app and gives you a countdown to the number of days until your next race. It's got a pace pro feature that helps you stay on goal pace and factors in the race course if you load it onto the watch. They've got a projected race day weather forecast, and if you're up for it, they'll even suggest some workouts on what you should do for your next run to get you ready to hit your goals. It's fun and easy to get on your watch screen. The morning report is brand new and similarly gives you the day's weather, what you've got on your calendar for the day, and a recovery score that's pulled from your heart rate variability so you know how fresh you may feel for that day's run or workout and how you slept the previous night. For my triathletes out there, there's also a new triathlon mode so you can bike, swim, and run all during the same activity while logging your transition times. Take a look down at your wrist. You may have had that thing for a while. Treat yourself and upgrade today. Visit Garmin.com. And listeners, I have an update for you. Garmin has launched its summer sale. The Forerunner 255 Music is on sale for $399.99. They're also running sales on previous models of the Forerunner series this summer. So check those out today at Garmin.com. A moment now to shout out all of the supportive listeners that helped make this show possible. Many thanks to everyone who has backed us on Patreon. We have recovered from our extensive coverage of the U.S. Outdoor Track and Field Championships. You can catch all of our work on YouTube, this podcast feed, our Instagram, our Twitter. Our Patreon backers played a role in making it all happen. So welcome to Marissa Maraza, CJ, and Carolyn for signing up within the past week. Big ups to David Cantu for increasing his monthly contribution from $5 to $10 a month. If you want to join the loyal legion of backers that keep us going strong, sign up today at patreon.com slash Mag. On Patreon, you can donate anything from a dollar a month, and we even have some people who contribute 20 bucks a month. It helps us with travel, on-location coverage planning, editing, and so much more across the Sidious Mag shows. For those of you who are unable to commit to a monthly contribution, you can also make a one-time donation by sending any dollar amount over to Sidious Mag on Venmo. Consider Venmo like a virtual tip jar. If you chip in, attach any message you want, and we'll shout it out on the next episode. It could be if you, your teammate, your family member, your coach, or your loved one is celebrating a birthday, anniversary, a new job, or a new PR. Shoot us a Venmo, and we'll do our best to shout it out in the next episode. Those who chipped in recently include Lindsay Hazard, Monica Rossetti, Emily Wells, Emily Cavellis, Meredith Barber, Tim Fritzen, Christy McKenna, Catherine Phillips, Alexander Sacalarios, Maggie Trusty, Colleen Bork, Sean Sharp, and Margaret Bailey. There's also a bunch of you who have chipped into hashtag get Caitlin to Worlds. We're getting closer to being able to get her at least a plane ticket, so keep that coming. And last but not least, I'm extremely grateful for all of you who take a moment to shout out the podcast on your Instagram stories or on Twitter. If you enjoy the episode or you have a big takeaway, let us know. And if you haven't already done so, consider leaving a little rating or review on iTunes as Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss an episode. Thanks everyone for your support. 
My guest for this episode is the U.S. Women's Long Jump Champion and Olympian Quinesha Burks. At the U.S. Championships last month, she jumped the personal best of 7.06 meters. That's 23 feet and 2 inches. Heading into the World Championships in about a week, she is ranked number 7 in the world and the top American in the event. She's one of the most positive people I've had the chance to meet within the past year. And as you'll hear in this episode, she's always had to work hard to make a name for herself and care for those that she loved. Last summer, I wrote a story for Sports Illustrated on her after she put out a tweet that said how she started at McDonald's and now had made it to the Olympics. And after that story, she was featured on cable news. It got picked up by other major sports media spots. Through it all, she's continued to showcase her personality and humor with now more than 65,000 followers on Instagram and 46,000 followers on TikTok. I hope you guys enjoy getting to know her better. Without further ado, here is Quanisha Burks. All right, Q, welcome to the Sidious Mag podcast. And I love this because we're talking about maybe one year exactly since you and I got on the phone to do a story for Sports Illustrated. And I can't even begin to think of like just how your life has really just kind of taken off within the past year. Last year, you told me it was like, it's been a journey and it all started with a little girl working at McDonald's and here I am. And here you are, a two-time U.S. champ within the past 12 months, you know, taking the indoor and the outdoor title, getting ready to compete at the world championships, you're, you know, popping off at all these diamond leagues. It's been a pretty awesome year. It has. Honestly, well, happy anniversary. (laughs) But no, honestly, after our conversations, um, our interview, and besides making the Olympic team, a lot has changed for like the better though. And I've been enjoying it to the, like the mass, like even with social media, like I literally had like 7,000 followers. I'm over like 64,000 now. And it's just like, wow, like people want to follow me and like stay in tune with what I'm doing even outside of track. And so I know people say like the Olympic wave and it'll die down. I don't think mine is down down at all. It's just still in the high, but this season itself, um, outside of just like physically being ready because last year I was injured leading up to Olympic um, trials, but this year I've been healthy. It's been my mental game that I had to work on a lot this year. And a lot of people, I feel like they don't share about the like post Olympics, like your entire life changed. Like, Yes, you know, Quinisha Burks. But now it's like Quinisha Burks, Olympian, the O-L-Y. And everyone's going to know you. Like, how's Olympus? You were an Olympian. Like, like, that's you. You added, like, a new title to your name. And so taking that on um, off the track was great with marketing and social media. But, like, on the track, I feel like, you know, I'm an Olympian. I have to be number one everything. I have to win, like, because I'm an Olympian. I'm an Olympian. And... I had to take some time to realize, like, Q, like, do not, it's okay. Like, it's okay. You do not have to be number one every time you step on the track. And so my first meet, I was very nervous. Um, it was, I think, the Milrose Games, indoors. And I was talking to my coach, and I was just like, what if I forgot how to jump? And he was just like, Q, we've been training. You're fine. And I was like, well, the last time I competed was at the Olympic Games. <laughs> He was like, well, I didn't think about that. And I was like, yeah. And so it's like, I want to set, I want to match that energy. But then I had to realize like, Q, yes, what you did last year, that's great. But right now it's a new year. Do not hold on to like the standard that you put all this unnecessary pressure on yourself. So this year has been like 
being honest with myself and knowing that I don't have to be perfect every single meet. I do not have to try to jump seven meters. If I do not get seven meters every meet, it's not a bad meet. And so my mental had to catch up with my physical this year and it has been doing great because on the outside, look on the results. It's like, well, you're getting your finishing top at all these big meets, but mental, like, I more feel like I'm winning with my mental game now towards the end of the season than how it started. So it's been great though, but it has been this battles. Because one of the biggest things that really popularized you, I think on TikTok, especially was the video that you put together right after you made the Olympic team, where it was sort of, even while you were injured and while you were training yeah. in the months leading up to the Olympic trials, you were verbally manifesting, I'm going to yeah. become an Olympian. I'm going to be an Olympian. And you weren't afraid to say that at all. Yeah. Whereas some people would be like, oh, I'm, I'm afraid I'm going to jinx it. You were just like, no, you got to lean into manifesting your, your beliefs. And so did you kind of anticipate that as soon as that moment sort of happened, you wanted that really bad, that life would change in this way that then you have to kind of shift a little bit of that mental energy in a, in a different way? Yeah, for sure. I mean, definitely last year, um, it's so crazy because I had no intentions on thinking that a lot of like, everyone will love that video. Everyone go viral. I had literally no intentions. It was literally a thing me and my sports side was working on actually, and just like stating like I am an Olympian. Like start saying it because she would tell me like you say I am an Olympian. And I'm like I hope I become Olympian. Like mm, listen, because right now I don't have a center. It's a lot of stuff going on. So, but then. After our sessions, I started just recording myself. I'm Olympia. I'm Olympian. And so um, lean up to the trials for sure. With um, the, I felt calm because I knew everything I went through to get there. And so I feel like, you know, people were overlooking me as well because I didn't, I just had got the standard like a week before the trials and I wasn't even jumping. I didn't even jump indoors and I was barely jumping 21 feet, literally outdoors. And so um, it was definitely like my confidence within. But once I got to the meet, um, I felt it was at peace because I knew I worked hard and I was just so grateful to be there. And so um, once I made the team, I don't know how I even thought out of all the things going on to like to post, I'm an Olympian in the Olympic Stadium right out there making the team. So I'm like, how did that even happen? But I don't know. But I'm still like, girl, I'm glad you did that. But now... Um, I started telling myself uh, more of like my I'm going to be present at the meets and it's so crazy how it has changed like it went to like I'm going to be Olympian to I'm going to be present at the meet and that's just where I was this year because I was so caught up on the results or the like the outcome of the meets and focusing on the Olympic I mean the USA trials I'm like girl it's February <laughs> the trials is not even here and so I had to go back and realize okay what did I do like my statements it was I'm Olympian now we need to understand what you are right where you are right now what can you do and it became I'm going to be present at the meets and it, it didn't matter what meet I was at like I was going to be present and so if there's videos out there you could possibly see me like talking to myself because I'm like yeah, I know people are like, what is this girl doing? But that was my um, approach of it now. But it's crazy how it started from like, you know, I'm going to be Olympian to now I'm going to be present. And I still got great outcomes on both. And so I feel like, you know, it doesn't have to always be like something big or like, you know, like, oh, I'm going to be the USA champion. That wasn't my mind was I'm going to be present. If I'm present at the meets, if I'm locked in and I'm not worried about the results or what anyone else is doing, I'm going to get the outcome I need which will lead to being the USA champion, but you need to be present 
like on every jump. And so those were like the little small steps I had to take to get to, you know, the outcome of becoming an NSA champion. So it's crazy how it's like my manifestation changed <laughs> within a year. And then even like from last year when we spoke, there was this kind of point with the women's long jump in uh, the U.S. where sort of Brittany Reese going into her final Olympics, Tara Davis, you know, big sort of social media superstar with, you know, a great personality. And then you were sort of, you know, like you said, overlooked heading into the trials, but now really sort of made a name for yourself. And now that Brittany has retired, you know, in addition to the work you've done with the sports psych and your coach, Brittany has also kind of also helped you out a little bit within the past year. Can you kind of share a little bit about sort of like the behind the scenes of some of those conversations you have with her? Because it, it's not like a direct passing of the torch. Like now you're going to be the one to go out and win, you know, all these medals for his country. It's sort of like she just wants to see U.S. long jump like in a good state. And you're you're a big part of that. Yeah, she um, me and Brittany will. We became like Brittany's my bestie. I'm just gonna say it. Like, she probably said we're just friends, but no, that's my bestie because I'm almost energetic and she's like, girl. But we became close last year, um, leading up to the Olympic trials because I was at the Olympic Training Center of uh, training. And there, like, I was at a low point at that moment. Like, you know, I'm like, you have Brittany Reese out here, you got Couture, like all these people out here. And then, like, Brittany can just pop up seven meters at practice. And I'm just like, girl, I can't even jump seven meters. And yet alone 21 feet right now. And so um, being there, I was able to get really close with Brittany, just even outside of the sport. And like, you know, I would tell her, I'm like, Brittany, I'm struggling right now. I haven't jumped this. And I see all these people, like, you know, they're jumping far. And she would just tell me in practice, like, girl, it does not matter what they're doing. They have to do it when it counts. And that's at the trials. So it doesn't matter. They have to bring on that day. And so then we started hanging out, me, her, and Sydney. And we just became so close. We went to LA together. And I was just like, she was like girl you got a lot but um we became really close just as a friend and just guiding me and on the track and off the track and a lot of people do not know but like even at the olympic trials because the bond we um created before the trials at the trials she was watching me practice so she knows what i'm capable and she always tell my girl you're ready to jump far you have seven meters in you like you are capable she's like you don't even know how times you are yet like i see it and you need to start seeing it and doing it and so at the trials when I was knocked down in sixth place, um, I looked at her because I was panicking and she literally said, all you're doing is running, jumping, relax, go do what you'll be doing in practice. And literally that was the way, let's jump, I made the team with. And um, she calmed me down and she didn't feel like I was a threat to her. You know, she could have been like, that's none of my business. Like I made the team, I'm winning, whatever. But, you know, she wanted to help. And so, even, you know, at the Olympic Games, I was upset with my performance of like missing the finals by one spot. And I talked to Brittany and she was like, you're fine. She was like, you got the experience. You're going to be back. And she was like, you're ready. Like, it's okay. Like you are ready and you need to like, you know, start accepting that. Like you are talented. I see you. Now you got to start believing it. And so she has gotten me this year because it's like, who do you talk to? Like how many, how many, there, like how many Olympians in the world? Like in the event you do that you can talk to and Brittany has to be on the spectrum, you know, of winning or like not making a final in 2019 at Worlds. So she has been there and adapted. And I've been talking to her a lot like this past year of just like Brittany, like I'm overwhelmed, I'm stressed. I just feel like this. And she's like, girl, like, and she's just so calm with it. Girl, you're fine. 
You know, I'm like, okay, Brittany, but I just feel like this. I'm just like, you're fine. And so indoors, she helped me a lot. Like, I would call her, like, she always knew, like, when I was calling her, it was something. I'm like, Brittany, at practice today. She's like, girl, it's going to work. And so she has been, like, so great for us. And it's like, who else to go to? Like, she did it. Everything we want to do, she's done. Like, she's won Olympic Games. She's won how many world champs. She has so many records. Like, this is a person to literally go to. And she's so open to guiding us. And, like, she loves it. And, like, she's a coach. Like, she's an amazing coach. And I honestly feel like she's, like, my mentor. Like, she is my mentor on and off the track. And so, like, it's funny because at USA Trials, I was like, ooh, Brittany. I was feeling like, you, girl. Like, listen, because, you know, Brittany would go out there. We're jumping since 80, since 90. And she's just like, let me go shut this down real quick and jump, like, a seven meters. Like, and we're all just like, well, we're fighting for second and third at this point. So I felt I was like, ooh, Brittany. I was feeling like a little like you. But um, she's amazing. And I love knowing that we have access to her and to go to her about anything. Like I can go to her about anything. And so she has paved the way for us. And I'm happy that she's still involved with the youth because we are the future. Like we're all young jumpers and like we have some big shoes to fill, but she's helped holding our hand and gotten us to the way. So I love Brittany a lot. So how did that feel at USA is when you popped the the seven meters and, and a big PR out of it to win? Yeah, I um <laughs> I did not I did not think it was seven meters. Um, because you know. My word now is like being present, you know, being right there. And so I wasn't even worried about the results. But before I went on um, the runway, you know, you just sitting there and you launch in. I'm not trying to worry about what other people are jumping. But then, you know, you hear people like, ooh. And so when Jasmine Moore, when she had jumped, and everyone was like, ooh. And I'm like, okay, so everyone about to start off. We start off big now. Okay. And so when it's like this Eddie, I'm like, all right, it's one of those days. So it's going to take about seven minutes to make this team today because we see what's this 80 at right now. And so once I got on there, I had to remind myself to be present. But once I jumped um, and everyone said, ooh, I was kind of like, oh, so because the last ooh was Jasmine. So it's probably like 680 or 690 then. And so once I walked back and I looked at the screen and I think I was like, whoa, 706. You know, you're like, what? And then my friend Cindy was like, oh, and they're like, ah, and so we ran. But at the moment, I wasn't even worried about the results. And so when it happened, I was like, oh, wow. Okay, then. Okay, well, that's like a Brittany Reese move. But like, I'm like, okay, let's go sit down. And so then my coach was like, all right, well, we won the competition. So now <laughs> he was like, let's focus on trying to get the standard. We need a legal mark. Let's go. And I'm like, okay. Okay, so that feeling was amazing. And I was like, this is how Brittany feeling because I like this feeling. I'm just being chill and calm and knowing you put one out there at the beginning and now you can just relax. And so it was still like an all to me because I wasn't caught up on the results. I was just trying to run and do my approach right and the results will come. And it kind of came sooner than I thought on the first job. So it was exciting though. I'm still in awe about it now. <laughs> So in, you, in kind of reminding yourself to, to be present right now, presently, you are in the top 10 ranked in the world. I think you saw eight. I think I saw seven somewhere in yeah. that sort of spot. Um, how, how are you sort of feeling and looking towards the world championships? Because, you know, you, you did it back in, in March going to the world indoor <laughs> championships. You had the Tokyo Olympics last year. I mean, going back, you've made teams going back to the world junior days. And so this time around, this is 
you know, the first U.S. champ, first world championship on U.S. soil. And it's going to be like a big sort of celebration. I think like, you know, your family got to see you jump at yeah. Hayward Field for the first time yeah. at USA is now it's sort of they get to see you jump and you're wearing Team USA. Yes, um, it's exciting. Um, I think I like traveling, honestly. Like I like going across the world and jump for me. So I was like, oh, this is America. Like, I like going out. I love traveling. Like, ooh, where am I today? And so at first, like, man, but I'm excited because it's home soil. And, you know, it's like we're here. Like, we do not have to go anywhere. But um, honestly, I feel like it's time. Like, I've made teams. I've made a lot of teams. Literally, I've been making teams since my sophomore year in college. Like, my first team was World Juniors my freshman year. And so now I've, like, I've put a big check of making teams. Now it's time to get medals. Now it's time to go on, like going to the competition and meddling and leaving with hardware. And that's where my mindset is now. Like, I know I'm capable of doing it. I know I can do it. And I got to get over that hump of like, well, she can make teams. What is going to be like, no, she can make teams and perform at the big meets and get medals as well. And I know like even with sponsorships, you know, that's what they want. It's like, well, you got to get Olympic medal. You got to get a world championship medal. Then we can consider because no one cares. Like, Bone jump is not a premier event, but I know outside of my not even worry about a sponsorship, it's more of like myself. I owe it to myself. Like I'm tired of making teams <laughs> and I can leave them on hardware. And it's like it's time to. And so now, you know, after like even at the trials when I had jumped seven oh six, I knew I was going to worlds. My mind switched to now like we're getting a medal. Like now we're going to get a medal because it's time to get a medal. You've already did all the other stuff. You already know how it is. You already know how to make a team. You already know the team process and you already know standing in the Olympic village or like being in the village with team USA. You already know all that. Now let's do something that let's get another outcome and indoors after placing fifth, I cried. Like I cried because the last time I was at world indoors, I placed fourth and I was so upset because literally I was this close to getting a medal. And I always told myself in 2018, I was like, no, you're going to get a medal, but this indoors. So this one in 2022, um, I reminded myself of 2018 and I was like, I got to get a medal. And when I got fifth and it's sort of like fourth and fifth was 678, 677, literally right there, but still it's not in the top three. I was really upset and I cried because I told myself I'll get one. So now I put all that into me, the energy, and I'm ready for outdoors. Like my end goal is to get a medal. I'm not here to be like, ooh, oh no. We're trying to get a medal. I know what it's gonna take to get a medal. I'm capable of doing it and I'm ready to do it. Now let's just go do it when it counts the most. And so I feel like this year is very different. Like it's not of like I'm happy to be on the team. No, I've made teams. Now I'm ready to get on that podium and wear my um, podium ceremony suits and with my hardware. And so why not do it on home soil in America? So I'm excited. I love this confidence that you're speaking with. This is what manifested in the first yes. place you making the Olympic team. <laughs> yes. <laughs> The City of Smack podcast is also brought to you by Article One. Article One is an independent eyewear brand on a mission to create athletic sunglasses that transcend sport. As runners, the designers behind Article One had never found a pair of technical sunglasses that matched their style, so they went ahead and made their own. Designed with your entire day in mind, Article One takes you from a long run in the morning to drinks on the patio to wind down. Their timeless silhouettes paired with technical components like adjustable silicone nose pads, polarized lenses, and spring hinges create running sunglasses that stand alone. I run with Article One's park frames and amber on my runs in Central Park. 
They're perfect for the summer with polarized lenses that block out 100% of UVA and UVB rays. When you're going fast, you hate when sunglasses start to slip or bounce around. Well, that's no problem with these due to those silicone nose pads which adjust to any size and the ends that wrap around the ear for that little bit of extra grip. I also rock these just walking around the city and sitting poolside. They don't look like your typical running sunglasses. They've got the look of the type of sunglasses you'd pick up in a nice store in Soho. They just dropped a new collaboration with CLE Athletics, so go ahead and check those out. Article 1 is offering 20% off to Sidious Mag listeners with the code Sidious at checkout. Go to article1eyewear.com. That's article1oneeyewear.com and enter Sidious at checkout to save 20% your next order. You're going to love the way you look in these. Back to the show we go. You know, I think you kind of mentioned how in this sport, definitely medals and all that stuff help drive sort of the sponsorship side of things. And there's this big conversation around Alicia Johnson and how she's been unsponsored and she's putting up these amazing times. But I think the part of it that's very interesting about that conversation is Alicia knows her worth in that sense. Mm -hmm. She's not just going to settle for the first contract that like comes across her table. And similarly, I see that you interact with her on, on Twitter as well around these conversations, because you're in a similar boat sort of as knowing your worth where you don't want to just settle for the first thing that, that comes your way. And the way you've been able to brand yourself and, and also just kind of market yourself on, on social media, you're doing things that are, you're doing more outside of just competing. And so how have you sort of gone about, you know, knowing what your worth is and, and where you want to take things on the sponsorship side of, uh, of the conversations you got, especially within this past year where there's been just so much movement around you? Yeah. Um, well, one, I love Alaysia. Like, Blake, that's my girl. And we've actually met on the indoor team. So, and I love her. Like, that's my girl. Like, she's my favorite. And I'm so glad like she's so vocal with it and I love and support it because she's speaking out for herself for a lot of us. And a lot of people do not want to speak about it. And I was that person at one point, like, because in track and field, if you don't have a sponsorship, it's like, oh, you look down on. And then like, I had a moment, like even this year, it's like going to the Olympics. It's like, I went, I made the Olympic team and I, it's not like I jumped bad. I jumped 696, 22 feet, 10 inches. And everyone, I shoe deals down. Well, I know you made the Olympic team. I know you made um, the 2017 world team. I know you made the 2018 world team. I, I, I know you did all this. I know you got fourth. It's like all this. What? You don't have an Olympic medal. If you get an Olympic medal, we may talk about it. And I think it's just like BS, to be honest, especially with sprinters and distance runners, not knocking them, but they give, these true sponsors give, these people, all this money for running fast one time. You go run 10-9, oh, here's some money. Like, but jumpers, we have to get Olympic medal just to consider getting some money. And I just think that's just ridiculous because these people on contracts and haven't made a USA team yet and been on contract for years. And I've made, I only missed one team. I've literally only missed one team. And that's 2019 World Champs. And that's only because, and I'm not going to use this excuse, but I literally buried my granddad that Thursday and flew out that Friday and competed Saturday night. Literally. And I still, I got fourth and only missed the team by one spot. And so it's just like the expectations they put on us. is ridiculous because it's like, I'm one of the best USA long jumpers right now. And that's just being confident and being factual right now. And it's like, you don't want to pay me because of what? Because I have the looks, like I have the social media platform. I have the followers. I'm performing on the track. Look at the rankings, look at the teams, look at everything. And the only thing you have against me is that I don't have a medal. 
How many other people do not have medals? And the ones that have medals, they're making a lot of money and they have big contracts. And so it's like, it's frustrating. It's very, very frustrating. And I was talking to my family and friends and it's like, I have to go out and, you know, make sure that I'm financially stable by like doing sponsorships, not sponsorships, like social media marketing and getting paid on posts and all that. So I really had to lock in on my social media and my content and making sure I'm posting to get an engagement so I can present that to brands because it's crazy, but brands outside of like the shoe sponsorships and track, they love me and they there's no limit on the money they want to pay me. And they're like, you are the all right athlete. You have the personality. You have the followers. We love your engagement. You're an Olympian. Like they respect, like you're an Olympian. They, they really respect that. And they see like, you just made the US, you won USA champs. Oh my gosh. Wow. And it's like, why? Like we don't have to prove our work to them. They see it. But these shoe sponsorships, it's like, mm, well, no, nah. mm -mm, we don't know. And so it's frustrating because when you look at other athletes and like, I went to Alabama, so it's a football school. And I see all my friends that, you know, are in the NFL right now and they're making millions and I'm not even asking for millions, but it's like, I see them. Like I went to visit my friend Marlon and like, I got to like to see the experiments, like, you know, the whole facility of the Ravens and they love me. Like, it's like I'm like, they don't even know my sport, but they love me and treating me like I feel like we should be treated. And like Marlene was just asking me questions like, so, you know, like, what do you guys do if you get injured? Like, and, you know, because they have their doctors there and everything. And I was like, well, you know, it's a tier program when you say to you. You have to be top 15 in the world, get a medal to be in the tier program. Thankfully, I'm in there, barely made it in, but it's like a whole Olympian. <laughs> it's like, yeah, glad you made it in on the last one. But hey, you better make sure you stay top, like ranked high. But in that, um, he was like, so what happens? I was like, well, you know, we have regional like um, therapists with us, but you have, have to fly to Colorado or somewhere, you know, and they'll like check you out and everything. It's like a process. It's just not just happens like you have someone there. And he's just like, kind of like shocked by like all this stuff. It's like, but you're a professional, like you're an Olympian. Like I respect it. That's like us winning the Super Bowl. Like, and it's so much that you have to do. And I just looked at him, he has facility, he has food, like he has his sports like there, his nutrition's there, and we have all the access to that, but their stuff is right there in prison, and they're getting paid, they're getting paid to go to practice, like he's not worrying about his bills the next month, like he's literally doing what he's supposed to do as a professional athlete, he's working hard, he's performing, and he's getting his worth, and getting paid, us, it doesn't work like that, and I do not understand why and it's so frustrating because everyone thinks you're Olympian girl you're making a lot of money and it's like no that doesn't matter like ours come into a shoe contract mm -hmm. when in like the NFL like Marlon he doesn't have a shoe contract he was with Nike for a year and then I think they dropped him but do you think he was affected by that <laughs> because he sounded like what over 90 million a couple years later like with the NFL like they paid him so he's like man if I like, man, I'm glad the shoe contract, they dropped me, I wouldn't have been paid. No, he's fine. But with us, it comes into a shoe contract. And then it's like the sprinters. I feel like they run, and I'm not knocking the sprinters. I respect them and I get it. It's a premier event. Like in the distance runners, because a lot of people can relate to like the mile. Like people can't relate a lot to the long jump. So I understand that. But the shoes, we wear them longer than the sprinters. They're wearing them for like less than 10 seconds. Phew. Us, we have six jumps on the runway. Six times you get to see these shoes. And it's not like we're just going super, super fast. It's like literally you can see the shoes. And so we are marketable. 
and if you can just individual, I am marketable. And it's frustrating because you see so many people out here that haven't made team with contracts. And I'm just like, so I need to get Olympic medal. I need to be perfect every single meet. I need to jump seven meters every single meet. I need to be number one in the world. And I need to get Olympic medal, world champ medal, basically go undefeated and be perfect. And then we can consider some money. That's so frustrating. And it's really discouraging for the sport because I'm just like, well, Q, you make more money outside of track on your social media, on your marketing. But track is what you do and you're good at it is not that I'm not good at it. And it's one thing I can be honest with myself if I'm like, well, Q, you really, you're not ranked. Like you don't make teams. Like you're really not that good. But no, I've been good at it. And I'm very confident in saying that I've been good at this. Even in college, I won two national titles. I jumped 693 um, in college. I, I'm four-time SEC champion, SEC record holder. I shared with Brittany Reese, <laughs> literally. It's like... It's, what more do you guys want? <laughs> literally, it's like Olympic medal. And it's just like, not saying you can't do that, but how many people have contracts and haven't made a team, yet alone a medal? And the people that get medals, they have big contracts already. So it's not like, it's just very frustrating. And so to have lay and a lot of people speak out about it, and I see a lot of people are being more vocal about it. We need this, but it's like, we need to come to the point, determine what is a professional track and field athlete. Like we need to break that down. And some people need to be honest with themselves and just have the conversation. Like, it's not that, you, oh, I love track. I just do it. No, like, are you good at it? Like, I'm sorry, but you need to give the money to the people that are making teams. If you're consistently making teams, you're ranked top in the world, top in the world, you should get paid. You are a mm -hmm. professional. But I hate that, like, you know, how the sport is going and they just give money to people that they hope, you know, like, well, they did run fast this one time. So we're going to just give them all this money. Instead of giving the athlete that's been proving herself every single year and doing it, and we know we're going to get from her, but, and it's like, well, she made teams now she's got to get a medal, but Hey, she's not enough. That's invest in her, but we're going to invest in something. We don't even know what we're going to get from it. It's so frustrating. In addition to that, I mean, like, I like the point where you're just like, these, these sprinters only run for like 10, 20 seconds. And then that's yes. it. They don't even show the shoes. You guys as jumpers, they have the replay that shows where your foot lands. Literally right there. <laughs> that is the a, logo. that is the biggest ad you can ask for, for a shoe. <laughs> Literally, like even the sprints, you see them like in the introduction. It's like, okay, you see the logo, but it's yeah. zoom fast. And that's it. Us, you literally can see the logo, see the shoe, everything. <laughs> like it's, if anything, brand us. Like, we, they, yeah. they don't camera more. But I just feel like in the sport in general, like, even how they're taking away our our sits jump away, like, okay, you already don't like the long jump. So you're going to just try to gradually cut it out. It's frustrating. It's very frustrating. And that's when I tell my friends and family, it's just like, you have to make sure you're financially stable. And thankfully, I'm smart and manage my money really great. I've been really good at that to the point that I don't have to like struggle big time as some people you know they have to go work crazy jobs and balance all this I you know I'm just blessed that you know I was smart with my money and I don't have to go work I have works like a lot of people don't know I got a job after the Olympic um games I literally was a bridal stylist <laughs> and so and I did and I loved it and I was good at it and so it's like I go but it's crazy because it's like I deposit I go and work like I go, like I was working as a bridal stylist. When I go work every day, I knew I was getting paid 
for my work because I was doing, I was good at it. And the manager, you like, you work hard. You're always on time. But it's like with track. Every day I go to practice and I work hard and I'm basically depositing my work. I'm, so I should get rewarded for that. And then I go to a meet and you got to make sure you win though to get some money. Uh, you got to be top to get the money. But if you don't, it's like, well, you work for free. Sorry. That's so frustrating. It's mm-hmm. so frustrating. And so it's very discouraging with the sport. And like, even with college kids, you know, I want to go pro. Mm, listen, that scholarship chair, you better keep it. <laughs> because this life right here, like you have to be ready for it. And so many people quit the sport because they cannot financially stay in it. Because outside of working, you have to like working as in like track should be our job. That's our job. Once we go to practice, that's our job. Just like any other professional athlete, they go to practice and they work hard. They get make sure their body's good. That's their job. They're not worrying about, oh my gosh, I got to get paid for this. Like, oh my gosh, I'm going to pay for my rent. Oh my gosh, like, I don't have a contract. It, we, on the other hand, it's so much. And so when I talk to my friends, it's in the league. And it's, it's so frustrating because they really assume that we're getting paid a lot because we're Olympians. You know, we're top in, the, in America. We're top in the world. And they were like, you know, I practice school, I get paid more than y'all. Yeah. Like, and they just practice. They're even speaking. They're just practicing. And then we'll be here. Yeah, we got to be number one in the world and get <laughs> Olympic medal just to get a little, just a little of what you guys even get. So it's very frustrating. Yeah, it's crazy. This episode of the Sidious Mag podcast is also presented by Hydro, a state-of-the-art rowing machine designed to transform the way you work out. Named Best Connected Rower in the Men's Health Home Gym Awards, rowing on the Hydro works out 86% of major muscle groups compared to only the 44% from cycling. That's twice the benefit in half the time. It's a perfect low-impact workout to add to your training cycle for both endurance and resistance training. I've actually seen some of the top professional marathoners using Hydro as a way to swap out their easy mile days to work up a little 20-minute sweat row. You can use a 10-minute breath row as a warm-up or cool-down before a big workout, or tackle one of the workouts on the Hydro. I know one of the things with at-home workouts is that you spend a bunch of time trying to figure out what class goes with what. Hydro provides the best full-body workout. You don't have to figure out what classes to pair together. It's so much work because you're getting upper body, lower body, and core all in a single workout. Hydro's workouts are filmed live outdoors on waterways around the world from Boston to Seattle to Miami to London. Plus, one membership comes with unlimited profiles for the whole family. So you'll have access to live and on-demand workouts including rowing, Pilates, yoga, strength, conditioning, and more. With Hydro, you're guaranteed to get an incredible workout and experience a full body endorphin high. It's the Hydro High. Learn more at Hydro.com. That's H-Y-D-R-O-W.com. And for a limited time, you can use code Sidious100 for $100 off the rower, and that's stackable with any of their current offerings. Visit Hydro.com and use Sidious100. Back to the show we go. To dive into your backstory, you've always been someone who is willing to work hard just to not even just to provide for yourself, but provide also for your family. Let's go for the people listening to this who maybe haven't been as familiar with your story or maybe haven't read the the Sports Illustrated story from last year. Take us back to Hartzell, Alabama. Can you paint the picture for us? Like what, what was that? What was it like growing up there? Because it was what, 1400 people or something like that? Really small. 
a pretty small town. No, it's um definitely, you know, from Alabama, small town heart so um and I was raised by my grandparents and I had to work. I had to grow up early and I have two little sisters. And so um I'm thankful for my sisters, but you know, like I didn't realize like until we did the interview how like I didn't have like the normal ideal like high school life that I thought everyone had. But you know, I'll wake up every morning at five o'clock and we only had one car. My granny would go to work and then my grandma had a car. And so I would get up at five o'clock in the morning, take my grandma to work, then drive back. And my sisters, I would have to get them ready for school as well, do their hair, take their baths, give them breakfast. And then I would have to get ready for school as well. I was in high school and I would drop them off at school. I had to check both of them in. Then I would drive literally to high school, um, go to class. And then after class, I would have basketball practice or track practice. And then after that, I would literally go straight to work at McDonald's. And literally, I'll get done at 10 p.m. because, you know, you can save past 10 p.m. And I'll go home, make sure I do my homework and do it every single day. And to me, that was normal. But the check at McDonald's, like to others, and it's not like, because I feel like people are like, oh, well, everyone worked at McDonald's. No, like I worked at McDonald's. My reason was different. Like that job gave me hope. Like I would get my $113 check every two weeks. And you're like, that's no money. But that helped with, um, putting gas in my grandma car or it can contribute to like car insurance or to just uh, provide for food that day. Like it meant a lot to me that I was able to give back to my family and work for it because we didn't have a lot. And I feel like I'm thankful for everything I went through because of who I am now. And so like when it comes with money, I'm not the type to just go blow it. And so like, even like with college, I knew, all right, my family, we can't afford college. That's not something we have like no one's been to college so it's not like girl go to college it's more like oh you graduated high school amen you're doing better now just go get a job and work nine to five and I knew see my family I did not want that life and I knew they worked hard but I knew that they put me in a position and my mindset right now is I want something different I want my sisters to look up to me and see that hey I don't have to just graduate high school I can actually go to college and graduate college and I can fulfill my dreams, like all the, the dreams I have. And so um, I knew like, you know, we couldn't afford college. And so I'm like, how can I get to college? And they were like a scholarship, you know, like in sports and athletics. And I was like, okay, how can I get one? And I remember with my high school coach, we would look up the qualifications of what it takes to have get a full scholarship or partial scholarship. And I told him, I need a full scholarship. My family can't afford. I'm not going to get them in debt on if I get a partial scholarship, we need a full scholarship. And I don't care what school it is, if they offer me a full scholarship, I'm going. I did not know <laughs> at the jump of 20 feet that I thought the issue was like, you know, just go with the school that offer you a full, but everyone offered me a full scholarship. And that was literally my meetings with all the coaches. Yes, the business is great. Yes, all the food, but listen, where's the money? And they were like, we're giving you a full scholarship. I'm like, full scholarship? Like, I'm not gonna pay for anything? Like, that was literally my only question. They're like, yes, Ms. Burke. So I'm like, okay. And then, everyone started offering me school scholarships. And so I was like, what do I do now? Like, I don't know. And so then, because my family never been to college. And so I started Googling, like what to look for in a college. Then I realized, okay, like you, what do you want to do? And I said, I want to be a teacher. And then I said, I'm gonna be a nurse. And because I was like, be a nurse, you make a lot of money. And then I was like, well, I'm scared of blood. So I don't know what I was thinking. And so then I realized I love kids and my teachers had a big impact on me. And I want to continue to make an impact on young kids as well and inspire them. So I decided, you know, to go in the field of elementary education. 
But once the schools offered me a full scholarship, I was ready to sign my papers. And to my family, that was one of the happiest moments of my life because my sisters were able to see me sign, you know, to go to college. And my family, that's the first time to see me like, you know, we're sending our child to college. And then when I graduated college, I had so many family members there. Like it was humongous. Like literally my picture is so big. It's like literally barely everyone could get in a picture because everyone was so excited. And you know, my granny, like my granddaughter graduated from the University of Alabama. And I'm like, road tie. But um, it all started from like just a little girl working at McDonald's. Like I had to choose like, you know, to go out and hang out with friends and, you know, be a teenager or being a young adult right now and go work. And so weekends, I was working, like we could work longer. And so if I didn't have a basketball game attract me, or if I had one afterwards, I'm going to work at McDonald's. I'm trying to take people's shifts. And on Sundays at the church, I'm going to work because I needed that money to provide for my family. And those skills all helped me to be who I am now. And it's crazy because the college coach, they would literally call me. And literally like, can we talk? And I was like, nope, I'm at working at McDonald's. Gotta go and hang up. And then like literally like the Alabama coach, he literally like told my counselor, he was like, can you please get Quenisha Burst out of class? We need to like, I don't think she understands how much money we're offering her. And this is very serious. And whatever check she's making at McDonald's, she doesn't have to work like that, okay? And so my fiance's counselor, Coach Lopez, literally was like, hey, you." these schools are offering you full scholarships. That doesn't really happen a lot in the SEC, like all of them. We need to take this serious. And I was like, well, are there, like, I need, like, I need that McDonald's check though. Like, I need to go work. And he would be like, I understand you're providing for your family, but this right here will help you provide a lot more for your family. You gotta look at the bigger picture. And so um, I literally had coaches, um, Mississippi State coach, Coach Dudley came to McDonald's and recruited me. Literally sat out there I remember literally on the table and the manager was like, some college coach is here for you? I was like, oh, that's a Mississippi State coach. I told him come like, I was like, whenever you let me take my break, I was like, Miss Marla, I'll go out there and talk to him. She was like, I mean, you can take a break whenever you, I was like, okay. And literally he was out there with the papers and everything and recruited me. And it was like, we're off your phone. And I was still like, okay. I'm like, well, coach, I have like two more minutes of my break. So, you know. We can talk on the phone, like, you know, and at this mind now, but all I knew is I need to check for my family. And so um, they adored me. They were like, your recruiting was just amazing. And they knew then, like, you know, you worked hard, like, you know, you're playing all these sports and having a job. Like, so we're going to get a great hard worker on our team. And so going to Bama, um, it was a great decision. And I did not know track was going to be where I am now. Like, of course, I have the dreams of being an Olympian and you know, work McDonald's, you know, always sponsored the Olympus. And I remember working there and we had like shirts made for like during the Olympic year. And I was like, I'm going to the Olympus one day. I was like, I'm going to the Olympus. And you know, people are like, okay, girl, you know, stop them fries and come on, like bag them up. You know, I was like, I'm going one day. And I have a picture literally outside the poster of like the Olympus that my manager took of me um, at McDonald's. And she's like, you're going to go to the Olympus one day. And I'm literally like, and now it's like literally like 10 years later. I did it. And so um, that was like my story. And now, you know, even as a professional right now, because I am a professional athlete, I know I am. And, you know, even though the fund's not there, I've always been smart about money. And, you know, I know my worth. And I'm not just going to settle, you know, for no bonus deal or just something just to wear the gear. It's fine. I, I'd rather wear, be free to wear what I want to wear. If you pay me, 
and you're coming with the money and paying my worth, then let's do it. But you're not going to hold me down and limit me or what I can do and don't want to pay me. So you control me for free. We're not going to do that. And so I'm just thankful with my mindset I had and my hard work that, you know, that I was able to develop when I was young to be where I am now. That, you know, I don't have to like be the type that like I have to go work. I'm stressed, stressed and so all that. I set myself up for this and thankful to my like mentors. They helped me to be in this position as well. That photo of you with the sign, you've shown, you've shown it to yeah. me. And it was, it was so cool just kind of to see the side-by-side that you did where it's like <laughs> how it started and how it's going. And so yeah. after the Olympics, you did get the chance to connect with like McDonald's yeah. corporate or whatever it was. What was, yeah. what, what was that sort of process like? Um, that was amazing. I honestly, like, again, my intentions are not to like go out here and go viral or anything. It was literally just a pose. And it was literally like, I started my dance, literally, here I am. Did not think anything about it at all. And um, so once this like started going viral, people started talking about it and thankful to you, like recovering the story, it helped so much. And everyone was like, her story is so amazing. Like, oh my gosh. And it's like, she has a picture, like literally 10 years ago, literally her in McDonald's uniform and now look. But um, honestly with McDonald's, I did not think, anything about it until like they messaged me and they're like they want to see me stuff and then the president of mcdonald's followed me on social media and i didn't think anything of it i thought it was fake you know I'm like, the president of mcdonald's <laughs> but um i was like i think this is it so i google you know google tell you everything and then linkedin i'm like this is really the president of mcdonald's so then i follow him back and so then i decided to get an um, agency marketing agency involved and because everyone was like this is big, like your story is like literally like American dream story, like everyone loves it. And so I met with um, the president and my agent was like, you are meeting with a president at McDonald's. Not like his assistant, like not anyone else, like not the PR, you are meeting with the president. You are personally talking to him. And I was like, I am. And so after like interviews and talking to them, they love my personality. And I just share my journey. Like, you know, I it's not me trying to be fake or anything. It was like, listen, like, Thank you, like, for your employees, like, giving me a chance. Like, you may did not know me, like, 10 years ago, but now look at me now. Like, I mean with the president. I work for you guys. There's a little teenager, 16-year-old, you gave, my, gave me my first job, and I was happy serving them fries, okay? And now, here I am meeting with the president, and it goes to, like, where, it's not where you start, it's where you're going. And so meeting with them, and it came, come out with the deal was amazing. And um, they were so excited to watch me in the Olympics. And they were like, we've been getting your story shared to us by so many people. So we were so excited to meet with you. And they're like, we love your story. And I was like, thank you, thank you so much. And so it was just really great to come with the president, meet with the president and get some out of it. And it's like, they support me. It's just, they support me. And so that was just like, so amazing because I literally had no expectations. Like it was just telling my story. That's all I want to do is tell my story to inspire others. If it can inspire someone, then great. And literally I get messages from people like, I'm working at McDonald's now. I'm going to say I'm Olympian now. And like people just sharing their story. And I just had moms, you know, just tell me like, you inspired me. And I'm like, how can I, you know, inspire a mom of three? And she was like, just to never give up despite things get hard, knowing there's an end goal. And she was like, I just want to be the best for my kids and knowing it's off that mindset. And I start manifesting what you want and write it down and start telling yourself. And she's like, now I have my kids telling like, you know, tell them what they want to do with their goals and tell them. She's like, I share my video with my kids and like so many schools have been sharing my video as well. And I get like random messages from like young girls and males and like young athletes are just like 
adults. And they're like, you inspired me. And they're like, now I'm manifesting like my weight loss journey. I'm manifesting my husband. It's like so much you're doing. I'm like, that's what I wanted to do. And so just to work with McDonald's and to get some out of it was just amazing. And knowing that I'm making an impact on others, I'm just like, wow, like, wow. And so I'm still in awe about that. But it was literally just me just being myself in a company that believed in me. And that's where I feel like we track with the truth constitute. They should do the same thing as well. Like, we're great athletes. <laughs> like, we're marketable. So it was great. If that don't prove anything else, we are marketable. <laughs> <laughs> so in addition to small town Alabama, I mean, seeing you compete at the Diamond Leagues the past couple of years, this year especially, just kind of, you know, out in, in Europe and, and in Doha and places like that where it's sort of, like, what uh, what has that sort of experience been like? Does it kind of just open your eyes to more than just, you know, competing here in the United States that this is a global sport and you get to be taken to these places that maybe at 16 years old in McDonald's, you didn't imagine going to. I wish I would have paid attention in class, like learning history class. If I knew I'd be traveling like this, <laughs> but um, it's amazing. And that's a big pro with the sport. Outside of like the money stuff, we get to travel the world. Like my passport is like so many pages that are stamped right now. Like I just feel like I'm just like hot stuff when I go to the airport and they're like looking and they're like, I'm like, mm-hmm. the last page, damn it. But um, I love, it's a blessing to travel the world and just to have uh, the opportunity to go and venture out and be at these dominant meets. Because being a dominant meets, it's hard to get in those. Like, you know, you can have one bad meet and you probably won't get invited again. And so um, just to get invited and to go perform at the dominant meets, not just to go, just to say I went, but literally place top three, place top four. Like that is a, like a celebration of myself. And I know I proved that to myself because um, 2018, I was able to go to two Donnelly's and I didn't place good at all. Like, and I always tell myself, you know, next time you get invited to Donnelly, you're gonna do something. Like we're not going to these Donnelly's to waste anyone's time or your time. And so now to start placing the top and, you know, battling with the Olympic champion and just like, girl, like you are here, you belong here. And so it's been a blessing. And one thing I have changed because I'm all about mental, like right now, of like enjoying traveling the world. Because a lot of athletes, you know, we, we go up the country and then we just stay locked in a hotel and we're just there. And then, because we're so locked in and it's like, you know, I have to do this. And I realized like even in um, the Rome Dominique, like I'm in Rome, I just came from the Netherlands and we have extra days here. And, you know, I was just in a hotel and I'm like, you know, like you are in Italy. And I was like, no girl, you'll get to tour, you know, the Coliseum, you know, um, after, like, win the Donnelly, and you'll use that money, and you can come back to Italy, and then I'm like, girl, you are in Italy right now, <laughs> so then I was like, no, and so right before my trip there, I actually ordered, like, this little off-the-shoulder loose top on Amazon Prime, shout out to Amazon, and literally, I was like, you're going to go and be a tourist for a couple hours on the day, and so I did that. And um, I felt guilty at first because I was like, what well, people think I'm not focused, you know, locked in. But I'd be honest, like, you, you put the work in. You're talented. You're ready to go. But all these trips you're taking, you're going to be stuck in the hotel and the performance. You're not going to remember, like, what happened at this Dominique meet, honestly. It's not going to matter in a couple of years. But, you know, I went to Italy. And it's like, oh, how was it? Well, I was just in the hotel. So I decided to start, you know, just, like, embracing every country I'm going to. So I went to the Coliseum, 
Um, I did, I think the, the Trevi Fountain as well. I did my wish and something. <laughs> like I literally had gelato. Like I, I had so much fun and come on, look, finish third for the season best. And so I was more happy that like, I was able to balance like, yes, you're an athlete, but you're human as well. And you're in this beautiful country. Go out and see it. You don't have to be stuck in a hotel. And so I've been embracing more of track meets now of not trying to be that robot of go to practice, go to dinner, stay in the hotel, go to practice, go to dinner, stay in the hotel. No, you're in another country, girl. You are across the world. Go out and see something. Have memories. What are you going to show your kids? Well, that was me in a hotel. <laughs> no. <laughs> I have pictures, girl. Your mom was in Italy, okay? She's at the Coliseum. And so now I just love that I'm just embracing the trips more. And I feel like I haven't had the chance to do that, but I am now. Like, that's a big pro that comes, you know, with uh, being a track and field athlete. So why we're not using it? Why are we not embracing it? We're not getting paid. So we're going to say, get something out the news. Hey, you get better content, get better content, better TikTok videos. Right. And that's what I'm looking at, like, for social media as well. And so I was so happy that um, I did that. And then I got the great, a great performance as well. It was a win-win. So I left that trip feeling so satisfied and so happy. Uh, Even Serbia, like, for world champs. Like, now I'm just all about, like, being present in the moment and enjoying it. Like, we get so caught up on the results. We get so caught up on what others think. No one cares. Everyone's trying to make it out of here. And so it's like, I don't want to look back at this and realize I don't have anything to show for it. Yes, you jump far too, but it's the memories that last. Like, you know, even though, like, yes, you went to the Olympics, but talking, going home and speaking with my family and being there, that's what I care about. Those are memories that last for a long time. So I've been enjoying my Diamond Lease and traveling around the world. I love it to the fullest. And I'm all about embracing it. So I'm glad I'm embracing it on and off the track. This show is also made possible by Hayward Magic. It is the Instagram home for the true track and field diehards, the dreamers, and the fans. They are sharing the magic of the sport and elevating the athletes that push it forward. At the U.S. Championships, they had Demetra Carter breaking out the mini mic for Tiny Talks on the track. They got interviews done by Real Talks' Tierra Williams. Florida's Anna Hall shared a recent behind-the-scenes day-in-the-life video for them. Hayward Magic is getting creative, and it's your chance to jump on while they're covering all the summer events in Eugene this summer, and then hopefully bottling up the energy and sharing it across the sport for years to come at the high school, collegiate, and professional level. So follow them on Instagram, at Hayward Magic. In addition to those trips, it also seemed like you had the best time at the White House. Yes. <laughs> that was, I enjoyed the White House. I think I enjoyed it too much, actually. Um, I was so happy to go to the White House. Um, that always been a goal as well, because you get to go to the White House once you meet the Olympic team. And literally at the Megan team and team process. And I was like, all right, so when are we going to go to the White House? <laughs> and they were like, we're going to go like next year with the winter, like um, the winter Olympics as well. I gotta wait that long but once they um sent the email was like you know we're finalizing things to the White House I already told my coach listen and my agent if I have a meet that week I'm not going like I'm not going because this is an opportunity of a lifetime and I will miss practice I'm okay with that because how many times you can say you're getting invited invited to the White House they pressing on you there like we're not going on our own terms that we're getting invited and so I was excited and they outdid themselves like the gal they had for us. And it was so much actually as in like outside of visiting the president and vice president, we had the gala and then we had a business aspect of it and we had sessions to break out, you know, with um, 
to be able to market, how to market, um, how to use your platform, how to capitalize on being an Olympian, like, and just things like that. And I feel like we need that as athletes. Like, I never knew that Olympians, we could do in our deals. I thought it was only for college athletes. I had no clue. And so I was able to connect with so many people there. And I loved it. And then going to the White House, oh, I had to do my dances and take pictures. I was on a mission. I'm going to picture with the vice president and the president about it. I did not care. And I knew I was going to picture it. So just to be there was an experience of a lifetime. And um, once the president came out, I FaceTimed my family. And so I was like hiding them. I was like, you guys, they're going to come out here soon. I'm going to put you guys down, mute yourself, and I'm going to show you guys live the president. And so once he came out, and they were like, ah, I'm to see the president. I'm like, and like my aunt was just so happy. She's like, my niece is at the White House right now. Look. And so it was just so fun just to get the experience and share it with them. But I enjoyed it. Um, it was a once in a lifetime opportunity. And I know some athletes missed out on it because they were like, I'm going to miss practice. Listen. That's fine. This is a once in a lifetime experience. You can't, you're going to let practice. You've been practicing all our lives. Like literally one practice is not going to hurt us for the rest of the year. And I can show you that it did it. So <laughs> with that being said, I loved it and I loved opportunities. And so I'm excited to go back again. So I'm like, Hey, two years, we've been, we're going right back to the white house. And I thought, you know, I'm going to be a better at that point. Like, Oh yeah, that's the green room. Oh yeah. This here. <laughs> like, Oh yeah, that's there. So I'm excited. And I'm, I'm so happy for the opportunity. I'm so thankful for this. Film. That's amazing. Well, I got to hit you with the final questions that I ask every guest. The first okay. one is what's the funniest drug testing story you have? <laughs> well, because <laughs> um, you said you're bad with blood. So that that's gotta yes. be pretty yes. challenging. I've gotten blood at my house one time, but the funniest one have to be, I got drug tested at Starbucks. Okay. Um, I was at Starbucks and she popped up and I was there and I was with my little sisters. And so I looked very weird because people were just like, literally, you know, she had to go in the room, the bathroom with me. And so it's literally like, I'm like, all right, my sister in my head, you guys stay right here. Uh, I'm going to get drug tested. And they're kind of like, there's a stranger that just walked in and you're just going to the bathroom with a stranger sissy for pee. Like it was so awkward explaining to my little sisters, but um, that was having the funniest one because we were just in there and um, literally in Starbucks and the workers and like people were just sitting there with a coffee line. You know, she comes with like all her stuff and it's just like, what is going on? Then I come out with pee, you know, <laughs> it's just a very like, what is going on right now? But that would be the funniest one. And we were just in there talking. I'm like, yep, let's sign everything. And so that was funny. But one I had actually in Bermuda, um, I could not pee. Like, I can urinate. Like, literally, like, I like to get drug tested, like, at the competition because I'm hydrated and I'm ready. And I do not use the bathroom before competition. Like, because I know I'm going to get drug tested because I know I'm going to I'm gonna win. I'm going to play top three. And I'm going to get drug tested. So um, in Bermuda, I had to use the bathroom. I went out there and I was like no cute but I had to and literally one so I had to get drug tested could not use the bathroom literally for over like almost two hours wow and it was to the point like we were just in there and I was like like clapping dancing and I was like water 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 like literally we had the water running and I was jumping up and down and literally she was just giving me bottles and I'm just like chugging them and literally to the point we just started bonding I was like so do you like your job like how's life like you know talking to her and she was like 
you're just so energetic. I was like, yeah, I, I feel bad that I have you here. And so actually, like, like almost in two hours, I was able to use the bathroom and we were fine. But I think the Starbucks was my funniest one, but I do not like the blood one. And we had the blood one at trials and I was so upset. Like, but it's like on the arm they did. And so that was different. But literally after the urine test, he's like, oh, and you've been selected to do the blood. I'm like, and I was like, really? And so I just get so nervous about the blood one. But my favorite one would have to be Starbucks. Just okay. in the middle of Starbucks to enjoy testing. <laughs> That's a good one. If you could go on a run anywhere in the world with anyone from history, they don't have to be a, a professional runner. They don't even have to be an athlete or anything. Where would the run take place and who'd it be with? Oh my goodness. Oh, that's a good one. Um, if I'm going on a run, we're going to go. Do I have to run? I'm like running. <laughs> no, you could you could light light jog or anything. Okay, yeah. wait, look, a power walk. Okay. Yeah, power walk. <laughs> um, we're going to go to Thailand. Okay. Because it's not really going to be a run. It's going to be a vacation on the beach. And so, but we're going to be somewhere relaxing and we're just going to walk and talk. And it will possibly be with, oh, this is a good one. Ah, who would it be? I would say, this is going to sound funny. My spectrum's everywhere. I would say Beyonce. Okay, that's a great answer. Or Bill Gates. <laughs> All right. So I'm, I'm everywhere with it because Bill Gates, give me the platform. I'm with the platform. <laughs> like, set me up, Bill. But then Beyonce, she's doing it all. Mm-hmm. Like, so I'm going to go with Bill Gates. All right. All right. I like that. I like that answer. I go with um, Bill there's, not, there's not enough meats out in like Thailand. Like, there should be, right? Like, yeah. Right. Listen. <laughs> Gives you an excuse, right? I was mad they had to meet in Africa. I mean, South Africa, they had this year. I'm like, why didn't they have long jump? Because I would have done the safari, okay? After I would do the safari. Because that's on my bucket list to go do a safari. Like, I have this Mm -hmm. big bucket list of doing safari and not like a traditional safari. Like, like the one that, you know, they're in our face. Like, to the point with a sign of waiver. Right, to the point, like, you may not make it out loud on the safari trip. I want the safari like that. And I want the lions to be like, oh, oh my gosh, you scared me. Like, <laughs> I want the elephants right there. I'm just rubbing the trunk. Like, I want the full, like, y'all, like, the full type of safari. Like, oh, my gosh. Like, the anaconda. Look look what just happened. Like, I want all that. And so I was like, man, why do you have one jump out there in Africa? Because I want I want to go. Like, I'm ready. Yeah. And so, uh, but, yeah. I, I'm, I'm ready. Like, yeah, the they continental, have more long jump. Yeah, the Continental Tour, if they're listening to this, like at yeah, the Nairobi one, you got to add the long uh, jump next year. Yes, <laughs> like I'm ready. Bring the jumpers out there. You can compare, like, you know, our jump with the cheetahs. Like, come on, like, we can get this a whole, like, an event over here, okay? I'm ready to go. <laughs> so, I love that. <laughs> Final question has nothing to do with running. It's okay. you get 25 shots from half court on a full size basketball court. If you make one, you win $25 million. If you don't make any, you go to jail for 25 years. Would you attempt the shots? Oh, I'm tempted. I was a hooper back in the day. Chris, like, That's what I thought. Yeah, you have the basketball like, background. Hey, I was on varsity as a freshman. Like, <laughs> and then no one knows, I actually got recruited in basketball. You like, did? Like, the smaller D1 schools, mm-hmm, they actually wanted me in basketball. But my goal was to play for Pat Summit. Mm-hmm. And then me and my best friend. And then after a while, I realized I was 5'4". And my basketball career wouldn't be that long. And so then I was like, yeah, track. 
So, but you know, I'm a hooper, so I'm definitely hitting those shots. Okay. Give me the corner, the three-point line. That was my little favorite little area right there. I'm hitting it. We're getting that 25 million. Well, with no your hops, you, you can definitely dunk, right? I wish. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could. I wish, but I cannot. And you would honestly, people are shocked. Like standing long jump. I'm not good at standing long jump. Okay. <laughs> I'm not the best in my training group. Like the sprinters beat me. Everyone beats me in standing long jump. And you're like, Q, you're the jumper. But no. Like when it comes to like, doing like the standing triple jump, standing long jump test, the technique <laughs> is not there. Like I literally get beat every year. And to the point now, I don't even get upset because I'm like, well, you won't be being a full approach. <laughs> so, yeah. But the sprinters are like, we shouldn't be beating you. I'm like, whatever. Like, so standing, dunking. <laughs> but i'll shoot though i'll shoot all day <laughs> q i'm so excited to see you compete at worlds and hopefully we'll get you on our live show taking place um in eugene during yeah. the world championships and that that'll be a lot of fun but not only you know do you have me rooting for you you've also got you know what 60 plus thousand people on social yes. media behind you so keep up the the awesome work Thank you so much, Chris. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Like a happy anniversary to us. Like, rock interview. And thank you so much for having me. And we're definitely going to commit, literally, in Eugene. Because I'm such a big fan. I love what you're doing. And I just think it's doing a, it's bringing a, a great platform to track and for athletes. And for them to be vocal and show our personality as well outside of track. So thank you so much. The City of Smack Podcast is a production of the City of Smack Podcast Network. It is produced and edited by Mike Zerzolo. Did you enjoy this episode enough to dish out a couple bucks? Support Sidious Mag by pledging any dollar amount over on patreon.com slash Mag to join our loyal legion of backers who keep this show going strong. If you're on your phone right now, you can also open up the Venmo app and hit us with a one-time donation to at Mag. We've also got merch over on SidiousMag.com. Any way you can show your support goes a long way. Thanks for listening. I've been your host, Chris Chavez, wishing you some happy and healthy running. Legs are feeling good. See you next time.